Hi friends, welcome back to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the balance of diversity versus curation. What do I mean by diversity? I mean the differentiation of the types of photos that you are shooting and sharing. What do I mean by curation? I mean the the aesthetic organization, if you will, of the types of things that you're shooting and sharing. So I'm going to get into that in a second. First off, a couple things. News. I have a new cactus. This is, I call this the quartet. As you can see, there's four of them. And they, they have very uh, uh, fur-like pricklies. The problem is, so you can pet them, right? It's a beautiful experience. Not really. Uh... But if you if you jab them, I'm going to move this over here so I don't get some sort of laceration. If you jab them, ju uh, some sort of jujitsu chop, which sometimes you have to do in life, they will detach and poke into your fingers. My wife, I think, still has some in her fingers <laughs> from the other day when she picked it up. And when it when it they go into your hand, the opposite limb falls off. It's it's horrible. So we'll be expecting that tonight. But we'll have a towel ready. Uh, like I said, it's the quartet. There's four. They like to sing. They they like to do jazzy renditions of 40s hits. But they only sing when no one is around. Another thing that I wanted to touch on really quick is I came across something that falls within uh, my obsession with the tallest things and biggest things in the world. It's a rather intense obsession that I have. And this came about... Um, as a, a sort of randomly, which is great. I just stumbled across this. It's called Ball's Pyramid. And uh, if you're looking at it, you can see it. But if you're only listening, it sort of looks like some sort of evil volcanic island, quintessential volcanic evil island in whatever movie, The Incredibles, what have you. And it shoots up out of the water. It's like a slab of rock shoots up out of the water. No, it is not a pyramid made entirely of testicles, as it may suggest. But it makes me wonder, I, I would have to ask the question, how many testicles would it take to build the largest Great Pyramid in Egypt? <laughs> I mean, that's that would be some pretty intense multiplication, uh, carrying lots of twos. Get it? Because they come in... <laughs> oh, <laughs> we get some water. Now, Hitler, I hear, only have one testicle. But Ball's Pyramid is... 1,844 feet tall, which makes it the tallest volcanic stack, is what it's called, whatever that means, in the world. And it's truly magnificent. And it's like literally a cliff. It's like this really thin cliff shooting up out of the water. It's not like a mountain. Pretty amazing. Okay, let's talk about what we're about here. So very quickly, I want to talk about my journey as a photographer and the, the, form, the forms that my photography has taken in the past. So if we go back to the year 2000, I was really into I was really into volcanic stack photography. 2001, caterpillar portraiture. And I realized uh that there was really no meaning to be had in taking photo portraits of caterpillars. It was either a shot of a caterpillar just sitting there um or a shot of a caterpillar eating a leaf, and then I realized I want to kill myself. So I moved on to street portrait photography, and this is represented in the history of this channel. You can go back and see videos of me doing this, and I enjoyed that era of my photographic journey, and I would say that it was the most curated part of my journey. 
And I was taking portraits of people. I was walking up to them saying hello, taking very, you know, uh, Humans of New York-esque. And I was also inspired by more more polished uh, street portrait photographers. And it was a lot of fun. I realized very recently that I, I really enjoy being a bit more introverted and observing from a distance and, and taking photos of people in a street photography setting and beyond, which I, I think I'll get to in a minute, uh, from a distance and, 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 and just, you know, and, and wandering, uh, hovering around situations, not interacting with the people so much. I found, like, I the reason I got into street portrait photography is because I wanted to challenge myself. And... And it served its purpose. It was fantastic. It was a, it was a way to challenge myself, but I I just enjoyed the process of of backing up more. And also, my photos started to line up more with the story that I was trying to tell. I was able to work in more of the environment and have more of an interaction of the people with their environment. So, so what are the strengths of diversity in photography? I think one of the strengths is that you can you can explore a lot of different avenues and well for one figure out what you like it's a good starting point and and I, I think that that, that that there's this balance to be struck between diversity and curation where and, and there's always a balance no matter what you think because if you curated 100% right you would have an Instagram feed full of portraits of the same person in the same location at the at, at, with the same lighting same angle every single day forever now even then you're not completely curated and here's why because that person i don't know our skin cells i think replace themselves every 15 minutes on our entire body or something crazy like that so you're looking at a different person in each shot already you've lost some curation you're failing you're failing at your your job uh your your family and your life all at once horrible times uh the germs on the wall in the background are changing you know light photons are technically different so it's going to mean there's going to be diversity in any photo. You can't get rid of some diversity. So it's a, what you want to do is you want to strike a nice little nice little balance point between curation and diversity. And so for me I've expanded beyond what I used to do which was go to a, an urban environment, take a portrait of a person. That was that was it. And I did that for the sake of growing myself because I do believe putting yourself in a box helps you grow um, and, and, and achieve more depth in your photography, dig deeper into to mastering a certain type of something. I fully believe that, right? That's there. But to, uh, but where was I at? To, to, to the street portraits and the thing and then the ball and then the pyramid made of testicles. So I so so when I was doing that, that was that was uh that was growing me and, and making me more masterful over that specific type of photography. There's a time and a place for that. But I decided I wanted to diversify more. For one, get out of an urban environment. Not be a street photographer, even though I still use that title when I'm making videos on this channel, because I still love street photography. But all of these photography terms, when you really start to think about it, will sort of blend together. 
and that's okay, right? Like you kind of want that. I I would I would properly identify myself more along the lines of a documentary photographer than a street photographer because I have started really enjoying going out of the urban environment, especially living in Utah. This was a this is a huge evolution for me. Realizing that there are people, you can go in a canyon and watch somebody climb a rock face, a volcanic stack made of testicles, in a canyon. Really exciting stuff. There are skiers out here. There are people who like to who like to drive cars up rocks. If you go down to the desert, uh, people who ride uh, dune buggies and dirt bikes up sand dunes. I mean, all sorts of wonderful stuff. And I thought. I thought I wanted I wanted a piece of that. <laughs> I, re- I I enjoyed taking photos of that type of thing. So what I have decided is that my my balance is that I want to have people be a constant fixture in my work. But I want the environments to change around them, right? <clears throat> so, um so, the, so like I said, the goal is to strike a balance, and, and, and this is different for different people. So now I want to talk about a couple of different photographers that are two interesting opposing forces in this realm, and, and maybe it'll help you see where you can find a spot in the middle of the two. Let's transition, shall we? Here we are inside my desktop, and we are on the Instagram feed of Alberto Gonzalez. I've been following him for a while. He is a New York City-based street fashion portrait photographer, I guess we can call him. And the reason I want to look at his feed is because he's a fantastic example of pretty intense curation done beautifully. As you scroll through his feed, you see a collection of portraits of interesting people that he has come across in New York City. You will notice that the environment is the less important thing in the scene, the more important thing is the interesting person, right? And the environment is only there to create context. And another thing you notice is he shares a lot of galleries and you get a sense of how diversified he is in his execution of different types of portraits that he takes of the same person. We have a photo of this this uh, very interesting girl. She has red hair, really interesting features and uh, really interesting clothing as well. Just an interesting human. All people with red hair are the most interesting humans that can be found on earth. And that is a scientific fact. You can look it up. It is in, uh, it's in the Bible. So, uh, so you, you see a lot of different types of portraits of the same person. You also see a lot of different expressions from the same person. He, he's able to pull interesting expressions out of people, some more neutral. You start off at the beginning of this gallery of this girl. Uh, she's doing a, a you know very sort of very sort of uh, fashion looking off the camera pose type of photo. And then she, another shot of her looking at the camera, very neutral look on her face. Well done. She looks off the camera in the opposite direction in the next photo. Then you have a shot of her smiling and then you have a shot of her laughing. And so it's just this, this, this spectrum of wonderful expressions that are coming from her. And one of the interesting things I love about filming these videos as I dig into the photographers more that like I only scratched the surface when I first decided to follow them. Then I make a video about the photographer and I go, holy crap, this person's really talented. I think that is literally Nicki Minaj. She took a photo of Nicki Minaj. So you scroll through his feed, you just see more and more of, of the same thing. 
lots of different environments, uh, but but you know New York City and uh, and portraits of people, right? Now, now another thing that he does well is he organizes he organizes the chaos that is New York City, where you have a lot of people. If you're trying to take a photo of a person in a sea of people, it can be difficult to do. He also tends to work in photos of people walking. And a lot of times it, it seems like he t- tells them to walk after they come in contact with them. Cause they'll be looking straight at the camera knowing like they know what, exactly what's going on. And I think that's beautiful. Like he works the scene really well. And this is from him being able to diversify within the curation. Oh, I'm preaching praise Jesus within the curation. That is the, the, um, the very specific types of photos that he's taking, but he's able to, to work people into the scene very well. Just because New York City is a very conducive place for photos doesn't mean that it doesn't have its own set of challenges. doesn't mean it's necessarily an easy place to take compelling photos in, and I think he works with those challenges well here. So if we go back up, we will now go to the next person that I would like to talk about, and that is Steve McCurry. Now, I talk about Steve McCurry a lot, and but he is my favorite photographer, and one of the reasons I keep coming back to his work is because he has such a wealth of knowledge and lessons to bring to the photographer from his body of work. Today I want to talk about the diversity that can be found in his work and how he the common thread in his work is the human, the, the very strong presence of a human being to tie it all together and and signature Steve McCurry fashion, such as, if we look at this portrait here, uh, signature angle that he takes portraits at blows my mind every t- every single time I come across it. It's a little, little bit of a, a pointing down on the person from higher up angle. Beautiful stuff. And he, he takes photos in a very, uh, in a heavily different, I I'm trying not to use the word diversity <laughs> anymore. Uh, a differentiation of different, good gosh, all right, heavily differentiated locations and and landscapes. So, for example, we have a photo here in Afghanistan. If we scroll down, we'll find a photo of a, where is it at? This is a band on a stage in Italy um, inside a theater. It's like a jazz band. They look like they're practicing. There's nobody in there except the band. Very different location, very differentiated and diversified. I'm going to have to keep saying that word. It's just going to have to happen. There's not that many words for diversify. You're probably thinking of one right now, but I can't. Okay, the pressure's on. (laughs) So you see the common thread of the the human, close-up human, faraway human. But I think the important thing is that even if there is diversity in your work, that that the person who is following you has to know what to expect so that they can come along with you on your journey. So I want to I want to differentiate this from the idea of curating incredibly heavily to try to get people to come along with you. It's not necessarily the curation. It's not necessarily intense curation that has to be done to make that happen, I think. I think that it is a consistency of whatever you are sharing, if that makes sense. So another thing that Steve does beautifully uh, in his work is he, the, the way that he works with people is, is 
he's able to take groups of people and organize them in, in magnificent fashion. So we have a photo here of, let's see, men watch a chess match in a park. Uh, Serbia, former Yugoslavia. So and I'm sure there's some intense meaning in this photo that I'm not quite understanding. Here we have a guy in an army uniform and then a guy in a suit. Maybe they would, a couple of years ago, they would shoot each other. But anyway, you have a beautiful photo of some, oh, and also I want to say that that one beautiful thing about his work as well is that his photos stand alone from the caption. A lot of times he'll have a caption for context, but if you take the context away, the photo is still a beautiful. It still shares a beautiful narrative. It can stand on its own. Most of them I don't read them, but when I read them, it just adds to the photo. Adds to the, the adds a dimension of depth and emotional depth to the photo. But you have uh, you have these people sitting on sitting on a bench. Uh, playing chess and you have another person sitting on a bench over here to the right and then other people standing up watching so a lot of people who look very similar but he's able to separate them i think one of the things that was done well here is you have light on the shoulder of this guy in the uniform and also the fact that he is in uh, an army uniform is differentiating enough but uh, there it's this is actually a complex one. Like, I'm not sure exactly what it is that sets these people apart and makes it work, but I know that it does, right? And so I'll have to study that one further. But his, the, the way that the humans in his photos relate with their environments is so powerful, so beautifully executed. And he, he seems to, in a sense, start with the background of a photo, the overall scene, and beautifully work the people into that scene in a way that's beautiful and diverse. Okay, that'd be all for the Instagram times. While my computer revs down from SpaceX mode, let's tie this all together. The goal is to strike a balance. Now, the way that you strike that balance is entirely up to you. I think it has a lot to do with self-awareness, I think it has a lot to do with knowing where you want to grow in your photography because uh, needing to grow in different areas will ask for different things of you. Knowing where you want to be more inspired is another thing. And I think that story is king. What story do you want to tell with your work and why, why do your photos matter? But I think that creating versus sharing uh, are, are, it's two separate sciences that are in an interesting marriage with each other. And they kind of, they kind of, you, you want to help them be in harmony with one another, right? And if you go too far in one direction, you'll have interesting effects. And if you go too far in another direction, you'll have other interesting effects. But it's it's a good idea to be experimental as well. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, I've learned in creating that one of the things I want to pursue is to take everything a little less seriously and be able to experiment and fail, maybe even in front of people, right? Improv, sort things out on the go. <laughs> and, and There's a beautiful growth that comes from that. And I think that there's a beautiful freedom that comes from that. It's liberating to be able to say, I'm going to be experimental today. I don't know how all of this is going to play out. I, I don't need to worry so much 
about whatever the prominent thing is in your mind that worries you on a daily basis. This is an art form in its own to go after that. I uh, struggle with that on a daily basis. But like with these podcasts, I want to be able to experiment. Cheese, the potatoes. See, that was me. That was me expressing myself, right? And it's a very ugly thing. <laughs> Don't experiment that much. But anyway, we're going to wrap this up with the quartet. They're going to sing a beautiful jazzy rendition of, let's see, what's a 1940s hit? Uh, come on, it's good. Uh, come on, baby. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's going to sing. I have to go away, though. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime pal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. And if you... Re- Did you hear it? I wasn't... I, I had to leave the room because it wouldn't sing without it. Without, or with me here. Did you hear anything? I hope so. I'm going to check the recording. Put that back over here. Okay, thanks for watching and listening, guys. I hope you have a lovely day. Please feel free to engage. Goodbye.